That means Randon's going to be a little quiet this morning. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> well, good morning. Before we get started, before we get into the announcements, I have an announcement to make. Stephen Bearden and Carrie, now Carrie Bearden, got married this last week. Can we give them a round of applause? And Stephen's back there with his face real bright and red and excited. <laughs> I, I want to I do something real quick. Can I, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit, but I want to pray over your, 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 your marriage. Would you, would you two come up forward real quick? Since Steve just walked his way that way, and now he's going to walk back the other way. Would you please stretch your hands out to them? I'm going to... Pray for them. Father, I pray for them. I thank you, Lord, that what God has brought together, let man not separate. That, Father, you said that, that to the man, he will leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. Thank you, Father, you've brought them together. The two shall become one, and they are one in you. I pray for your blessing on them, Lord, uh, that they are the head and not the tail. That you're blessing them going before them and behind them. I pray for the blessing of their storehouses would be full, their barns would be full. Lord, that their relationship with you would be strong and bless Stephen as the head of the home and the spiritual leader. Bless them, bless them, bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank bless you. Okay. Is this on? Turn me up. Okay. Now give me another mic because I wasn't loud enough for the other one. So, here we go. Um, I'm not going to make all the announcements this morning about what we're doing because we have so many things that we are not doing. Okay. Now, now you're going to understand this when I say it. Okay. No heart-to-heart -heart this month. Right? Okay. Um, we are not having service next Sunday night, the 8th. We are not having service next Wednesday night, the 11th. We are not having men's Bible study the first Saturday this month. And all this is because we're pulling the pews out and getting our carpet put down on the 9th. Okay, so yeah, we're, we're all glad about that, to be honest. Um, we're going to start with the side rows and have them out this week. So when you come in next, maybe Wednesday night and next Sunday for sure, We'll all have to sit in the middle. So just scrunch, just scrunch up and sit in the middle. Come to the front if you have to. It's all right. Um, Pastor Marcus doesn't bite. Well, he hadn't met me yet. He might bite somebody, but he hadn't met me yet. But um, so all that is going on. And next Sunday, the 8th, after service, we have a sign-up sheet out in the foyer because we have to get all the rest of the pews out after service Sunday morning. So probably everybody want to go home and eat and then come back and help. But if you want to help next Sunday, um, sign up on the sheet and so we'll know what kind of help we have. Um, they're going to all have to go to the fellowship hall. The fellowship hall has to be cleaned out so we can get all the pews in there. And it's just like it's going to be kind of going to be a mess around here for a little while. But once we get through with it, it will all be good, okay? So just put up with us for just a little while. And like I said, it's not what we're doing this week or next week. It's what we're not doing that's important to you. So don't be, don't be showing up for all this stuff. And we, we love what we do, but this week we're not doing it. Um, I'm going to make the candy announcement again. 
because I am I'm a candy freak. I have some in my pocket all the time. So I understand when they ask for candy, I know what they're asking for. <laughs> okay, um, that is all of that. You want to do the offering now? Okay, gentlemen, let's come on up for the offering if you don't mind. We'll do that. And then we're going to do Okay, it's a privilege for us to be in the house of God. And this thing doesn't run itself, but God blesses everything that we do. And we want to bless him with his offering today, okay? But Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the love that you have for us and for showing up for us. And we want to show up for you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for all that you do. We thank you for this offering today, Lord. Pray that you will use it for the glory of your kingdom and your people. And Lord, that what we have, we give to you because you give to us overabundantly, Heavenly Father. In Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. Hey, hey, y'all get ready and go ahead and stand up because here comes the worship team. <laughs> Oh, 
glorious day, what a glorious way that you have saved me and told. What a glorious day, what a glorious day, Jesus. And oh, happy day, happy day. You washed my sin away, oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same, oh, happy day, happy day, you washed my sin away, oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same. for a baptism Sunday. Father, we thank you, God, for the change that not only is seen outside, but for the change that we feel inside, Father, when you wash our sins away, God. Father, we thank you this morning. Go ahead, Dennis. We thank you this morning for salvation, Father.
has no sting and life has no end for I have been transformed by the blood of the Lamb and thank you Jesus for the blood of Christ thank you Jesus you have washed me into glorious light and there is nothing stronger than the wonder-working power of the blood the blood the calls of sons and daughters we are want to humble ourselves before you today, God, and lay ourselves at your feet, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just a minute. We're going to wait just a minute. 
And all the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sing. You're worthy, Father. You're worthy, Father, of our praise this morning. Father, we're just going to wait on you for a minute. Just keep playing, guys. The presence is thick in here this morning, and we're just going to let him have his way. because we're asking for something, because we expect Him to do something. But this morning, can we just thank Him? We come for Him. We come for a touch from God, but we come for Him. He created us to praise. And this morning, can you just take a few minutes and think of all the things in your life that He's worthy of? Because it's different for everybody. What He's done for one, He'll do for another. 
but he's done so many things for each and every one of us that people just don't know about. Father, this morning, we just want to take a minute, God, to thank you, Lord, and to praise you, Father. You alone are worthy, God. Sing that one more time. You're worthy of it. You're worthy of it all. Holy Father. Worthy, raise your voices this morning. You are worthy, Lord, you're worthy, Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords. You
Far apart. 
we exalt you this morning we exalt you this morning Father you said to throw off that everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run the race with perseverance fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and finisher of our faith Father, Hebrews chapter 12, that's what that says. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, those that have gone before us, Father, we throw off all that stuff and we focus our attention on you this morning and we exalt you this morning. I exalt you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you, Jesus. We exalt you. Hallelujah. Would you just tell him, Lord, I exalt you this morning. Just tell him that this morning. I exalt you, Lord. I exalt you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For thou, Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted above all. We exalt you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Stay in a moment of worship, if you wouldn't mind. I want to read this scripture to you. Could have our those that are going to help with communion they would come forward and help to pass out the sacraments if we can get some to help us as they're coming forward I want to read from Isaiah 53 to stay in a moment of worship communion is a form of worship if you guys would go ahead and start passing those out as I share this Isaiah 53 verse 1 says who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed He, meaning Christ, Isaiah's prophesying 800 years before the birth of Christ, says he grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. When Jesus was born, it was spiritually dark. The Israelites felt oppressed. And yet he drew 
And, and, and honestly, the religious system was dark. It says he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. Guys, the Lord and Savior that you and I serve was rejected by men. He was rejected by others. You ever felt rejected? Jesus understands how you feel. He was a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. The scripture says that Jesus suffered in all ways, in all things, and yet was without sin. So Jesus understands suffering. If you're suffering this morning, he understands it. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. You can put yourself in there. If we would have been at that time, we would not have esteemed Christ. We would have been the same way. But listen to this. Surely he took up our infirmities. Infirmities mean sicknesses. If you're dealing with sickness today, I've heard testimonies of people that have taken of communion, that love Jesus, and have taken and God has healed them. So this morning when you take of it, if you need healing, ask the Lord to heal you. And carried our sorrows. Have you felt sorrow before? Sadness? Are you sad this morning? He carried it on the cross. Yet we considered him stricken by God and smitten by him and afflicted. Verse 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. Jesus took our sins. He took our infirmities, our sicknesses, our diseases, our sorrows, our pains. All the things you've ever done wrong in your life, he took upon himself on the cross. And it says that the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. One of the churches I pastored, one of the Deacons that was on staff there had shared a story one time about that. We are healed. He said a man was teaching a Bible study and he believed that healing wasn't for today. It was for them that it ended with the apostles. And this man had a problem with his voice. He couldn't talk. He could barely whisper. He'd gotten a disease. And as he was reading this and telling them that God doesn't heal today, he read, and by his wounds we are healed God healed his voice. It means sicknesses. Infirmities mean sicknesses. Sorrows means your pains and diseases. In fact, the word sorrow in the original language means diseases. If you're carrying a disease today, Jesus can heal it. Verse 6, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. When they accused Jesus, he didn't open his mouth. He let God do the defending for him. 
By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. Jesus was taken outside the city gates to the city dump called the place of the skull. And you can still see that place today. It looks like a skull in, in, the, in the land that was there. He was taken to the city dump, which is a picture of taking all of our sin upon himself. Does anybody else need any? Everybody have one this morning. Verse 9, he was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, gave Jesus his tomb. Though he had none, done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Now listen to this, verse 10. It was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. It was the Lord's will to crush Jesus for you and I. It was the Lord's will to crush him for you and for me. Think of all the bad things you've ever done in your life, every bad thought, every evil inclination. I know some of the thoughts I had before I got saved. I used to steal mail out of mailboxes. I used to steal. I was, a, I was a thief. I was a bully. I'd beat up other kids. But when I surrendered my life to Jesus, he took all that sin and he washed it away. And he accomplished that 2,000 years ago on the cross. And that's why we take communion. We take it to remember the price that he paid for each and every one of us. See, this morning, if, if you're not saved, Jesus already paid the price. You just have to surrender. You have to admit that you're a sinner. That's the hardest thing for people to do. Some of us think, well, I'm going to have to give up fun. Can I tell you, sin is only fun for a while. So I'm going to do something I haven't done for a while. Hold on to your sacraments with every head bowed and every eye closed here this morning. Are you here this morning and you're a sinner and you know it and you're fighting against God and God says today is the day of salvation is what the scripture says. Revelation 3.20 says he stands at the door and knocks waiting for you to open the door so that he can come in and dine with you. He loves you desperately. He loves you so much that he stretched out his hands on a cross and his hands were pierced, and his feet were pierced, and his side was pierced, and his head was pierced for you and for me because he loves you that much. That's the love of God. And he desperately wants a relationship with you. And he taught more about hell because he doesn't want you to go there. And he died so that you wouldn't have to go there. That was, that was designed for the angels and the demons. But people choose to go there. Are you going there today? Are you headed to hell or do you want to go to heaven? If you're not saved this morning, still nobody looking around. If you're not saved this morning and you want to get saved, today is the day of salvation. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. He says, I love you. I just want a relationship with you. You have to admit. You have to admit you've sinned, believe that he died on the cross, 
and rose again and that God raised him from the dead, if that's you this morning, and you want to know without a shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven when you die, and you want to get saved this morning, you've never given your life to Jesus, would you just raise your hand? Are you here? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else here this morning? Those that are raising their hands, I know who you are. I'm going to share something. Please put your hand down for a minute. Nobody looking around, know why I closed. The day that you came forward a few months ago, that was good enough for Jesus because it was by faith. Don't let the enemy hit you with condemnation. When you give your heart to Jesus, he comes in and he seals you with the Holy Spirit. That's just the devil working. But are you here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus? All right. So would you please hold up the bread that represents the, the body of Christ? Jesus' body was broken. It was crushed. It pleased God to crush him for you and I. Jesus said, take this in remembrance of me. Would you please take in remembrance of what Jesus did for you? Would you please hold up the cup that represents his blood? It says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. His blood was shed for you and I so that the doorpost of our heart would make a cross and the spirit of death would pass by, which is separation from God for all eternity. Jesus said, take this in remembrance of me. Would you please take? Father, we thank you for your sacrifice that you sent your son. And unlike Abraham, Abraham didn't have to follow through. You did. You gave your one and only son, your only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. We thank you, Lord, this morning that you have done this in our lives this morning. We honor you, we praise you, and we glorify you. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. Now, I'm going to share something real quick. Those individuals that raised their hand, I know who you are. I want to share something with you real quick, just as encouragement. When you give your life to Jesus, the first thing that Satan sometimes does is he comes by and he says, are you really saved? And you give it with all your heart and you know it. Now, I get there's times when we backslide and we, and we have to come and rededicate. But if uh, uh, those two individuals, I know them and I'm not going to point them out because uh, we don't want to embarrass anybody. But I want to encourage you this morning. If you come forward in faith and, and you believed in your heart that day and you gave your life to Jesus, God sealed you that day. You don't have to doubt it anymore. That's just the devil. So just rebuke him. Every time he comes in with those thoughts, every, the, the very reason that he's hitting you with that doubt is because he knows that you're saved and that's what he's doing. When Satan does that to you, he probably never did that to you before. But the minute you get saved, he hits you with that to get you to doubt what God has already done. Amen? That's, less, that's, that's sermon number two. Here's sermon number three this morning. A amen. That's my girl. Well, this morning we're going to have a, I'm going to teach on baptism. We have ten people getting baptized this morning. Yeah, give a clap offering. And so we're going to learn about baptism uh, the title of the message is just an outward sign of an inward change. 
an, an outward sign of an inward change. Baptism is an outward sign of what Jesus has already done on the inside. So go with me to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. We're going to start in verse 16. We call this the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we teach on baptism this morning, it's important for us to understand why we are doing what we're doing. Father, I pray that every heart will be touched this morning. I pray those this morning that have not surrendered their life to you, that you would begin and continue to knock at the door of their hearts. That Lord, that no matter where they go, you are speaking to them. And you can't get away from your presence and your spirit. Father, as I teach on this this morning, Holy Spirit, have your way through. Speak through me. Say what you want to say and do what you want to do. I thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. So the first thing is, is what is baptism? Well, before we get into that, Matthew 28, verse 16, this is Jesus this is just before he sends to heaven. He's with the disciples. And he gives them a command. He gives them a command to go into all the world. And we're going to look at some of those points this morning. I love the part, though, that it says that they saw him and they worshipped him. The Lord that you and I serve, that, that, that is our king this morning, we worship him. Now, the word worship comes from the, the English word worth-ship. That means God is worthy to be praised. That's exactly what it means. So when you praise the Lord, when you worship, here's the disciples, and they came to Jesus and they did what? They worshiped him because he's worthy of all praise. Because Jesus is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God, Elohim, plural. He is three in one, the Holy Trinity. Verse 18 Jesus said, came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. When Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, he took back that authority that the, that the enemy had stolen from Adam and Eve. So Jesus has all authority. Then he tells them this. He's distributing that authority to the disciples and you and I are included into that. He says, Therefore, go. And make disciples of what? All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. So what is water baptism? Now the word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo. To dip repeatedly, to immerse, to submerge. A vessel sunk. 
To cleanse by dipping or submerging. To wash, to make clean with water. To wash oneself, to bathe, to overwhelm. So baptism means to be fully submerged underwater, but it also means to be overwhelmed by God. Bathed in God. Submerged in God. When you and I get water baptized, we're bathed into God. We're making an outward declaration that what Jesus did in me was awesome and, and is it always going to change. It's never going to change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That we are new in Christ. I love that. We're bathed in God. How many of you guys want to be bathed in God and submerged in God? When I got saved April 19th, 1984... I got water baptized that fall. Some of you know this story, but for some of you that don't, I remember it was the Westminster Rec Center. I grew up in Colorado, and Lenny, I remember going to the pool, our youth pastor, and I'll never forget because my mom had led me to the Lord a few months before, and Lenny didn't know that. And he goes, well, Marcus, you can't get water baptized until you're saved. And I said, I am saved. Guys, if you've been saved, you can just tell the devil, I am saved. So I remember getting in the pool and Lenny dunking me in the water and while I was under the water, I saw an old shadow of myself fall to the bottom of the pool. And when I came up, nobody could describe that to an eight-year-old. I got saved and a month before I turned eight and then that fall, eight years old, who would have described it to me seeing an old shadow, which is the old man falling to the bottom of the pool? And when I came up, I said, Mom, it feels like somebody took scrubby bubbles and cleaned my insides out. Children can understand. I got bathed in God. In the name is literally into the name, implying entrance into allegiance. So he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And France says in the name is literally into the name, implying into an allegiance. The minute you and I get water baptized, we're setting our allegiance to Christ, to God. I mean, when we get saved, we give our allegiance, but that's just that extra dip, dipping in. I think it's a wonderful thing. When you and I get baptized this morning, what you're saying is I'm demonstrating allegiance to Jesus, to, to Christ. Water baptism is in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and it's a sign of washing and cleansing. Go with me in your Bibles to Exodus 30. Exodus chapter 30. We're going to look at verses 17 through 21. In the Old Testament, when they had the tabernacle, they set up a water basin outside for the priests to go in. And to wash themselves before they entered the holy, of, the holy place and the most holy place. What we call the holy of holies. And, and let me refer, I didn't put this in my notes, but if you're a born again believer this morning, you're priests of the most high. Yeah. I got a couple of claps out of that, but you are priests of the most high. Verse 17, it says this, Exodus 30. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a bronze basin with its bronze stand for washing. Place it between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it. Aaron and his sons are to wash their hands and feet with water from it. 
Whenever they enter the tent of meeting, they, will, they shall wash with water so they, sh they will not die. Also, when they approach the altar to minister by presenting an offering made to the Lord by fire, they shall wash their hands and feet so that they will not die. This is to be a lasting ordinance for, for Aaron and his descendants for generations to come. What's beautiful about that, they, they had the, the water basin for washing, which is a representation of baptism. But then also they had the, the lamps with the oil in it, which is, which is a representation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so we enter in by the washing with the water and by the infilling of the Holy Spirit into the Holy of Holies. God is symbolic in everything he does. In the Old Testament, they were also baptized into Moses, a type of Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 1 through 2 says, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses, into the sea, in the cloud and in the sea. So in the Old Testament is a picture of baptism. And Moses, again, was the type of Christ. I hear some buzzing. There must be something going on. Let's go to the New Testament. Go with me to Acts 22. While we're going there, I just want you to t know that Satan hated this day. Do you know why? This has been one of those weeks. Anybody have one of those weeks? And so when you're doing something right and you're being attacked in all fronts, you know that Satan's mad, so we're just going to continue to give God praise and do what God wants us to do. If that includes those lights. I rebuke them in Jesus' name. So Acts 22, look at verse 12. This is the, the Apostle Paul when he was Saul and he sees a vision of Jesus on the road saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he goes to a, a street name uh, to a, in Damascus to a, a, a street named Straight. And he goes into a room and he waits for a man called Ananias. Look at verse 12. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be a witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now what, you are, what, and now what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash your sins away calling on his name. I'm going to read that again. And now what are you waiting for? Ananias says, Paul, you've asked Jesus in your heart, what are you waiting for? Get up, come on, buddy, get up. Get up and get baptized and wash your sins away and call on his name. And it says that when that happened, it said scales fell from his eyes. I believe that was not only a physical removing of blinders, but a demonic removing of blinders. It says the devil of this age has blinded unbelievers so they cannot see the truth. You give your life to Jesus, he removes those blinders. So why should I be baptized? Well, we read this earlier. Jesus gives a command. We don't just call it the Great Commission. We call it the Great Command. 
He tells his disciples, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It was a command from Jesus. Now if Jesus says something, don't you think that's important? Again, Jesus commanded it. Water baptism, again, is a declaration to the world that we belong to Christ and now are clothed in Christ. Look at what it says in Galatians 3, verses 26 and 27. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ and have clothed yourselves with who? With Christ. So when we got baptized, I love what God does. We get saved, but when he baptizes, he clothes us in Christ. If you're born again this morning, you're clothed in Jesus. You may have some old clothes on or worn out shoes on, but that's the outward. On the inward, you're clothed with Christ. Why should we be baptized? Because we are declaring it. Who are we declaring it to? We are declaring it to the world and to God that the old man is dead and the new man is alive. Hallelujah. Guys, we need to remind ourselves of that. David said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. We need to go back to that moment and remember what Jesus did in us. I get excited and I think about that. When I have a rough week, I go back and say, okay, what has Jesus done in my life? What has Jesus done on the inside of me? No matter what your body's going on with, maybe you got ailments this morning, that doesn't change who you are on the inside. The real you is who you are on the inside. And when you're born again, you're a new person. And one of, the days, one of these days, we're going to have a new body. So you're declaring it to the world. I am saved and I'm born again and I love Jesus. I do that at Walmart all the time. I do that at the gas pumps. When I go to town, I share Jesus with people. Why? Because he's changed me. Think about this. It's the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. Why can't you share it with people? Or why shouldn't you share it with people? The day I got married, one of the most exciting days in my life. Still remember my wife walking down the altar, the big smile. On my, I, you know, some guys cry, I smiled. There's nothing wrong with that. It was an exciting day. After I got married, oh, we're married. You know, I'd show my ring. Hey, I got to do it the right way. You know, I, maybe I better hold it up that way. I'm married. And I would tell people, we, we went on our honeymoon to Colorado Springs. Hey, this is my new wife. That's how it should be in our relationship with Jesus. When I go places, I like to introduce, this is my wife. Why? Because she's, she's my wife and I love her and I cherish her. That's the same with Jesus. When you get saved, you're married to him. Look what Paul says, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were also baptized into his death? When you, got, when you get water baptized today, you're getting baptized into his death. Let me explain this. Look what he says. We were therefore buried with him through the baptism into his death in order that 
just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. I love this part. When we get water baptized, the reason why we go under is because we're dying to the old man. And when we come out of the water, we're a new person in Christ Jesus. We're declaring the world that God has changed us. The old is gone and the new has come. In fact, I think I have that scripture. For if we have been united with him in his death like this, like his, we will certainly also be united with him in the resurrection like his. What's he speaking of? The rapture of the church. I think times are getting close. The Bible speaks about it. You hear me speak about it every week. But Jesus is coming back soon. We're going to hear that. Wouldn't that be awesome? We heard the trumpet call. We get done baptizing. Trumpet call and we're out of here. Every day I anticipate. That's why it's imminency. It can happen at any moment. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Let me remind you, if you've gotten saved and the enemy keeps hitting you with old stuff, tell him the old man's gone. The new man's here and the old man's under the blood. Right? I got a few rights out of that. Come on, guys. That's what I like to hear. Amen. Out of the mouth of babes. Well, why do I get excited about that? Because it's true. The devil will hit you with condemnation and say, remember what you used to do? Remember when I worked in Tulsa County. I'm not going to mention his name. But one of my friends, he had been saved for three years. He'd actually been a deacon at a church before he got saved. I'm not speaking to any of my deacons here, so. But he was, he was a deacon, and, and a lot of those guys at work would bring up his past. And I could tell it was bothering him, and I finally just said, Hey, he's saved. His past is in the past. I said, But you're not, so yours is still here. The old is gone, the new is here. Number three, when should we be baptized? As soon as we can after believing, if we are able. Now, some people aren't. Let me share something with you. Just because you don't get baptized doesn't mean you're not saved. If you get saved and you ask Jesus in your heart, the Bible says, confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. That's Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. All's water, water baptism is an outward sign of an inward change. And baptism doesn't save you. Asking Jesus in your heart saves you. What about the man, the thief on the cross? He didn't have time. But he said, Lord, remember me this day when you enter paradise. Examples in the New Testament. We're going to look at a few of them here. Acts chapter 2, verses 37 and 39. This is the day of Pentecost. Peter's preaching. 3,000 were added to that their day, that, that, to their numbers that day. It says, when the people heard this, they're hearing pre Peter preach the gospel. It says, they were cut to the heart, which is conviction, and said to Peter and the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter's response, repent and be what? Baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You clap it, my girl. That's my daughter. I'm proud of her for clapping. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. 
Acts chapter 8, verses 36 and 39. As they traveled along the road, now this is Philip with the eunuch. He's reading in the book of Isaiah. God tells Philip to leave a revival and go speak to one man. And that one man brought revival to a whole kingdom called Ethiopia. Sometimes God will have you leave something that's great to go to one person. And that one person can change the world. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here's water. What, what can stand in the way of me being baptized? That eunuch's like, hey, let's get baptized right now. And if you know the story, Philip baptized him. It's another picture of the rapture in the New Testament. Philip was taken away immediately and put somewhere else. Could you imagine what kind of baptism that would be? I'm baptizing this morning, or, or Jared, and Jared's going to baptize his wife and his daughter today, which I'm, I'm letting him do that today because it's his family. And so, could you imagine that? Going under the water, you come up, and the guy that's baptized, he's disappeared. If it happens today, that's the rapture, then you better get saved and baptized again. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. I like that. He's rejoicing. Guys, this is a day of rejoicing for you. A day of rejoicing for you. Acts 22, again, I'm going to read the one from Paul. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be witnesses to all the people of what you have seen and heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Finally, what will happen when I'm baptized? It should be a four, not a, a, a numeral, numeral letter number four. Matthew chapter three, real quick, and then we're going to close. Go with me to Matthew chapter three. My friend Don Kaysen, who's a four-square pastor, uh, uh, four pastor up in, near, in the Tulsa metro area, shared this with me, and I asked him if I could borrow because it fits so well. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. This is the baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, to, said, This is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Now I understand that we're not the son of God, but I think symbolically God can do this. Four things, heaven opens up, and God witnesses the event. God is here to witness this event today. I'm going to share one. This is a testimony. When I was in Wyoming and I was pastoring up there, one of my uh, deacons, we were, we were uh, dipping in... Keyhole Lake, and we were baptizing people. And Travis didn't have long hair. He didn't have a beard. He was clean cut. And 
his wife had been taking pictures. Later on that afternoon, she gave me a call and she said, you got to see this picture. And I went and looked at the picture and Travis's reflection was Jesus. Nobody altered it. Nobody did anything to it. It was a man with a beard, with long hair and a robe, and it was his reflection in the water. Because when she turned the camera and the picture up, it was Jesus. So let me tell you, today, as you're baptized, Jesus is here to witness it. He's going to honor it. He's going to bless it. Number two, the Spirit descends on you and shines a light on you. That same baptismal at Keyhole Lake, my oldest daughter, when we were baptizing her, on the picture, there was this bright light and there was a dove off to the side in that light. True story. I'm not making this up. Jesus was present, the Holy Spirit was present, and the Father's present. The full trinity. God's going to light a shine. What, what did he do to Jesus? The spirit descended and it lighted on him. I don't even know if that's a correct grammar, lighted. Yeah, my wife's saying no. There was lighting on him. Does that sound better? Number three, God speaks from heaven declaring you to be his child. Yeah, I believe that. All heaven rejoices when one sinner gets saved. Yeah. And I believe that God stands over there and says, that is my child. I love them. And then finally, God declares you righteous. God declares you righteous. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made him... Christ, who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. You are righteous. The word righteousness means right standing. That means this morning you are in right standing with Jesus. He is going to speak over you. He's going to light on you. He's going to witness you. And He's going to declare you righteous. Hallelujah. God bless. All right, real quick, here in a minute, I want to hand out some baptismal certificates because I think it'd be do it better to do it now than afterwards when we're all wet. Two, I did, we did clean the baptismal and filled it up, but the heater pump kicked in some iron. So if you see a little bit of iron in there, at the bottom, it's clean, okay? We had to turn on the heater. The water is warm. I've had it on for two days. I shut it off this morning. So it won't be a cold dip. It'll be a warm dip. Now, I want to hand out some certificates. And as I call your name, if you're here, you're welcome to come forward. If you're not here, that's okay. Natalie? Oh, that goes with it. Harley Hobbs. Kelly Hobbs.
You're welcome. Brody Blakely. Easton Blakely. Lindsay Blakely. Oh, she's cute. Todd Blakely. Now, Ethan, I don't know what your last name is, but I will get it on there. What's your last name, Ethan? Solidy? Come on up, Ethan. Give him a. I will put that on natural service, okay? And Chris Moore. And the one that I'm not sure if she's here today, Crystal. I wasn't sure if she was able to make it. Crystal Pryor Williams. Was she able to make it today? Okay. All right, what we're going to do real quick is uh, Julie's going to come up. She's going to sing a song. I'm going to go back and change. And we're going to go up here to the front. We're going to raise the thing, and we're going to baptize. And uh, I, I, I asked Jared if he would like to baptize his daughter and his wife this morning. So I think that's a wonderful thing to be able to baptize your own daughter. So, all right. Well, thank you, Julie, for doing this for me. Uh, if you guys want to, you can stand and sing the song that she's going to sing as we get ready to change. So. that you would draw me a line in the sand I want to be standing on your side holding your hand so let your kingdom come let it live in me this is my prayer this is my plea let the worshipers arise let the sons and the daughters see surrendering my whole I surrender to the King yes, Father I hear it growing louder the song of your redeemed as the saints of every nation are awakening to sing from a heart that comes an anthem oh hear the heavens ring is our song, song to our King, let the worshipers arise, let the sons and the daughters sing, yes. I'm surrendering my whole, 
to the King. Let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters see. I'm surrendering my all. I surrender to the King. Let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters see. I'm surrendering my all. I surrender to the King. you know too Todd's going to help with his family and kids and I'm just going to assist him so he can do his family so
accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. Yeah. Does he mean everything to you? difference in your life? Is he your Lord and family. you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Recently just came up and a few weeks ago, about a month ago, 
turned her life back over to the Lord and she wants to get baptized, I'm going to have you turn this way. And what does Jesus mean to you? Everything. Chris, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hartley, during communion last, was it last month? Last month. Gave her heart to Jesus in service. And so she's excited about serving the Lord. And, and I, you know, her, her daddy uh, just baptized his wife, and now he's going to baptize her sister. tonight if you're welcome to come tonight and let's give God one more clap offering for what he has done <laughs> Father you said you will not share your glory with any other we give you the glory for what you've done in these lives and these hearts and what you're going to continue to do for what you begin the good work that you begin in them you will finish and you will complete Father, I pray that you will strengthen them, encourage them, touch these families that came together to be baptized together. Put your hand of protection upon them. Lord, I pray for just an overflow of your spirit in their lives, new opportunities, new outpourings, new, uh, uh, new giftings. And Lord, I pray for divine appointments and openings. Father, I pray for everybody that's here today. As we leave, we're going into our mission field. Give us divine appointments to, to share the gospel with others. And we, we ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And thank you, Julie.